you're familiar with it. Tonight we want to look at how are we like Jonah. And you might say, um, well, I'm not like Jonah. Well, we're going to list ten things tonight. So not often do I tell you how many. You can kind of judge how long we'll be here tonight, okay? And, and then I want you to think about of these ten, how many of them have applied to me and fit to me? But um, we are like Jonah in many more ways than we would like to realize. Um, number one, we disagree with God. Jonah disagreed with God. He didn't agree with God that, that I should go to Nineveh. Um, and it's not always the major things of occupation or, or whatever. But um, in, in realizing, we often butt heads with God as far as, no, this is what I think I ought to do. And God says, no, this is what I want you to do. And we... We disagree with God, and really the foundation of that is that we distrust God. We, we assume that either He's not truly for us, or if we give Him complete control, we'll be miserable. Um, Adam and Eve disagreed with God. They didn't say, let's go be evil. They just disagreed with God on what they thought was best for themselves and uh, what they thought would make them happy. And uh, we run into the same thing in our lives. Various commands of God, God gives direction. You know, many believe that Jonah was despairing of anything happening in Israel. He saw Israel deteriorating. He he wanted to see revival in Israel. And in Jonah's mind, he thought that if there would be a striking example of the severity of God's judgment in proclaiming the downfall of Nineveh in 40 days, that at last there would be an example. Look, Israel, look what happens if we keep going in this path. And, and many believe that, that that is, is some of what motivated Nona, Nona, Jonah in regard to Nineveh. And, and, and when, when this, his plan, okay, Jonah's plan, bring severe judgment on Nineveh that is, seems invincible, and then, then it can awaken Israel. And when his plan disappeared, in Jonah's mind, what, what's going to awaken Israel? Have you, ever, have you ever had, God, this is what I think you ought to do, and, and then God doesn't do it, and it's like, well, 
how, you know, you might have the best interest. This is what I think ought to happen in this person's life, and, and God does something completely different. And how are they ever going to come to you, or how are they ever going to realize how God's ways are higher than our ways? And And honestly, we sometimes think Jonah was just, Jonah, and some of this is speculation, but Jonah's had a heart for Israel and wanted to see revival in Israel, and this is what he thought would bring it, and he was bitterly disappointed um, because of this. And um, so there went his plans. He had different plans than God's. And and this is what sin is always about. We either think we know better than God. I mean, we know that we don't, but we think, well, surely in this situation. And, and it all comes back to character assassination of God. Satan did that from the very beginning, attacked the character of God, and... We disagree with God because we don't really trust him. Jonah also despised people. We despise people. Um, You might say, I don't despise people. Let me warn you. You'll probably run into someone this week that will show you that you do despise people. We we all have people that trip our triggers, you know what I mean? And and sometimes in in our righteousness we think we have a righteous anger toward these people and 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 we despise them. How can they be doing that? And and Jonah really despised the Ninevites. They were, they were arch enemies. They had inflicted much pain on Israel. And there was not much good that he saw in them. I'm not going to go in and start listing names or groups of people or anything, but, but it is easy for us to get where we get crosswise with things, and we're really not seeing people the way God does. Um, it's easy in the spiritual warfare to to look at people and they are our enemies. They're trying to destroy Christianity. Satan is our enemy, and Satan deceives people. The reason they're there on the opposite side is because they believe lies of Satan and God still loves them and they were made for fellowship with God. I don't care what false religion they're in. I don't care if they're in the occult. Whatever it is, they were made for fellowship with God. And and Jonah um, had no love lost for them. Many times our failure in evangelism and missions is due primarily to our failure to know God and the heart of God and His compassion. We know Him, 
but we don't really have the heart of compassion. Um, oftentimes we can, I can have a dislike for those, um, that seem opposed to God as, as the Ninevites. And, um, we can, we can develop someone crosses us, so to speak. And it's easy for us to despise. Um, you know, you might, might see someone that is just flat out lazy and is, is taken off the government and, and you might say, man, oh man, I'm getting up and going to work and doing this and that and there. And it's easy to despise people. Well, their whatever sin, laziness or whatever, is a sin. They've been deceived by the devil. If, if, you know, if we began praying, God, would you bless them? Years ago, I, I, I thought, I don't know, you know, bless those that persecute you and, and to pray, God, would you bless them? Well, they don't deserve God's. What would be the number one thing that God would do to bless them, the greatest blessing is to bring them to salvation. And then the Holy Spirit's there and He can do the work. So don't, don't shy away. There may be somebody in your life that has really used you, taken advantage. Pray that God would bless them. That doesn't mean just dump Piles of money on them. That's not a blessing. That's more of a curse. The blessing is that they'd come to know their sins are forgiven and become a child of God. But Jonah despised people. Like Jonah, we tend to run from God. Now, it's not like we go get on a ship or, or an airplane and take off and flee as Jonah did. But we run from God by immersing ourselves in all these things that cause us to not think about God. This is what God wants me to do, but no, I'm going to... And Satan makes that readily available to us. And we're busy, busy, busy. And and our world offers every kind of entertainment and distraction possible to help people run from God. And oftentimes, as Christians, we run from God. We're, we're um, not real anxious. We're not first in line. Here, Lord, here am I. Send me. Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm, I'm a volunteer for you anytime. Number four, like Jonah, our disobedience affects others. I mean, think about all the people that Jonah's disobedience affected. Uh, in reading through the book of Jonah uh, numerous times this week, I've been amazed at the sailors. I mean, Jonah's disobedience affected them, put them in great peril. And and really, the character of these sailors, I mean, and the rebuke, why aren't you, I mean, number one, I don't know how Jonah was sleeping down there. But why aren't you awake and call upon God? And, and isn't it amazing? 
Another way we're like Jonah, I guess I have 11 of them now, but I'm adding one here. We're self-deceived. Jonah said, I am a Hebrew and I fear God. Really? You're running from God. You're disobeying God. I fear God. Aren't, Aren't we the same way? I mean, but here, his sin put their lives in danger. And I'm fascinated on... On their character, they really didn't want to throw him over. And when they did, they made sure it wasn't our idea to throw you over. You're the one that told us and your God told. But Jonah's disobedience put them in danger. If Jonah hadn't gone, the whole city of Nineveh was in danger of of being destroyed. And... The Bible does not say that every difficulty in life is the result of sin. But it does teach that every sin will bring you into difficulty. There's a big difference. There there comes difficulties in life just from life. There comes difficulties in life sent by God to teach us things. But there comes difficulties in life with sin. Every sin will eventually bring difficulty. And Tim Keller says, all sin has a mighty storm attached to it. You think about that. There, there is coming a storm with every sin. Number five. We obey when in big trouble. We quote unquote obey when in big trouble. Jonah was in big trouble in the belly of the whale. Um, Just today, I've had two instances of people. Two separate instances of people in big trouble that want to talk. Do they want to obey God? I don't know. Honestly, the vast majority of people that, that I talk to in big trouble, the overwhelming majority of them don't want to obey God. They want out of trouble. Just enough to obey God to get out of trouble. But that's between them and God. But often we, we want to obey God when we're in big trouble. And how quickly, once the trouble disappears, our obedience, our desire for obedience disappears. I've often said God has to keep some of us in trouble all the time just to keep us, try to keep us close to him. But Jonah was in big trouble. And Jonah chapter 2, it's an amazing prayer that he prayed there. And as we mentioned this morning, he still was an imperfect servant, as we all are. But like Jonah, we're more committed to obedience when we're in big trouble. Like Jonah, number six, we oftentimes don't have God's heart. It's 
we mentioned, as long as serving God fit into Jonah's goal for Israel, he was fine with God. As soon as it came down that he had to choose between the true God and the God of his own making, he chose the God of his own making, and when he turned to the true God, he kind of turned to him in anger, and this was foundational in his. Again, this is very similar to number one, we disagree with God, but it's because we don't have the heart of God. God's heart was a heart of compassion for the Ninevites. Jonah's heart wasn't for the Ninevites. His heart was for Israel. That was not bad. But it wasn't. We might have a heart for our family, but do we have a heart for anybody else? Do we see them as God does? And and in essence, he was using God to serve his real God. We We can often get to that point. Using God to serve what, to help us serve what really is the God of our life. What is number one in our life. And the real test of that then is when God doesn't, when he interrupts that and he says, no, I'm not, I'm not a part of that. How do we respond? And number seven, we get mad at God. Jonah got mad at God. Um, have you ever been mad at God? Usually when that happens, that's God dealing with our God, and he's pulling down our God, and we were hoping that he would help us lift up our God. And it may be a good thing, but it has become our God. I mean... It may be, I want a godly family, that's a good thing, but when that, that is more important to us than God, and maybe things don't go the way we want, and we feel, it's easy for us to get mad at God. And God is often dealing in our lives to show us what really is the God of our life. And Jonah, <clears throat> was it mentions in chapter 4 that that Jonah was angry with God and you know it's it's understanding the aspect understanding God already knows our heart and we go to him and pour our heart out to God and and realize God has, so to speak, broad shoulders, and and there are times in our life where we say, God, I'm just frustrated, I don't understand. When that ends in, but God, I'm submitting to you, I I yield to you, then that's fine. But when it's mad, and God, I am not going to trust you, and I am mad at you. And there are there are many, many people that 
are not following God today because something happened and they're mad at God and and it may have happened 50 years ago but they're still mad at God because God wasn't their servant because God didn't do it the way they wanted and and we sometimes get mad at God and like Jonah we are often ungrateful for his mercies It was the mercy of God that caused that plant to grow. And and years ago I heard an illustration if if and I'm sure I've shared it here, I know I have. If tomorrow morning, just as you were getting ready for work, you saw someone pull into your driveway get out and come up to your house, knock on the door, and they said, I'm just stopping by and I want to give you this envelope. And you said, okay, thank you, and you opened it, and there was a $1,000 in that envelope. You'd say, wow. Thankful. Tuesday, you're getting ready for work, and you see that car coming up, and it turns into your driveway again, and you're you're there and ready to answer, and it just gets ready to knock, and he knocks on the door, and he says, just want to give you this envelope. You open up, $1,000 in it. Wednesday, you have coffee ready for him. You're thinking, just in case. And he comes down the road, and he pulls in your driveway. You've got the coffee. Which creamer would you like? French vanilla, hazelnut, whatever. And he says, just want to give you this envelope, $1,000. You'd say, man, this, thank you, Lord. Thursday comes. You're ready. He didn't like French vanilla. He liked whole whipping cream, you know. And he came down the road, and you're ready. You have the coffee ready, everything ready. And you see him drive by your house. And he goes to your neighbors, and he pulls in the neighbor's drive. And you're opening the windows, and you've got the binoculars, and you're looking. And he goes up to the neighbor's house, and he knocks on the door. And you actually see him take an envelope and give it to that rascal neighbor of yours. And immediately you're thinking, why did he not come to my house again? Did I do something? Why is he going there? Rather than saying, thank God for $3,000 that I was not deserving. See how we get with God? He gives us all these, day after day, he loads his mercies. And it's not like he doesn't load his mercies, but we, we get where we expect this is, keep it coming, Lord, and maybe someday he gives us a little more difficult day. God, thank you that all these years you've kept this vehicle running and right now it's broke down. Or whatever it is. See, see how quickly we are ungrateful for his mercies? It is, it is God. He's not coming and giving us a thousand dollars. He's giving us that which is priceless. And, and Jonah, I mean, 
the mercies of God that he saw. And we can become very, very ungrateful for his mercies. Number nine, we miss God's purpose. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse 18 tells us that God has given to us as believers the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, we are here to help people know how to be reconciled to God. Remember the creation, fall, redemption. We're here to let people know about redemption so that they can have restoration. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That's our purpose. We oftentimes spend our life doing the completely wrong thing. Gathering things, making a name for ourselves. The message of Jonah is that God will give his heart of compassion to the lost. And the message of Jonah was that the Ninevites could be reconciled to God. He missed the purpose of God in in fully understanding that. And because of that, number 10, we miss out on great joy. Jonah saw one of the greatest revivals of all time, and he had zero joy in it. I mean, imagine that. 600,000 people, they say, may have come to Christ in, in that time, turned from their sin to God, and was Jonah doing cartwheels? Praise God! Look at this revival! No, he was feeling sorry for himself. Through a pity party, you know, you might as well kill me, God. Why? He ended up having the wrong. And, and we miss out on the joy that God wants us to have. Because we're too oftentimes missing God's purpose. We're ungrateful for His mercy. Now, as you go through those ten, It's pretty easy to figure percentage, okay? If you have seven, that's 70%. But think about it. All of us are much more like Jonah in the negative sense than we often care to realize. And yet we should take hope in this and be encouraged. God was able to work in Jonah's life and God was able to use Jonah, but these things were written for our admonition. They were written for our learning. I don't want to miss the joy that I could have by being self-centered. I want to have the joy that God gives me. And, and I think of that. I mean, how many people throughout the ages have prayed for revival? And Jonah saw revival and he never was able to rejoice in it. He never... It never brought him joy. And in realizing his purpose, my purpose is to go obey God. I'll leave it to God, what he does with it. That's our purpose. We talked about that in, in the Sunday school downstairs this morning. We're, we're witnesses to God. It's God's job 
to, to give the increase. But we go back, and, and oftentimes we're disagreeing with God. It may be over the use of our time. It may be over the use of our money. It may be over his specific will, whatever it is. And we need to be very, very careful. It's easy for us to get where we despise people. I mean, there, we all have our little pet things that irritate us. But you know what? We've got a lot of things in us that could irritate God. But he still loves us with the perfect love. So we look at Jonah and we learn from him and we say, God, work your purposes through my life. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would truly minister in our lives, that we would learn from the life of Jonah, that we would learn from the heart of you as we look this morning that we would be full of your mercy and compassion. And Lord, I pray that truly there would be an evidence of your heart in our life. Lord, help us this week to see the people that come into our life from your perspective. I pray that we, we truly would learn to love as you. And Lord, I pray that in the daily decisions of our life, that we not only would know your will, but then we would agree with your will and manifest that agreement through our obedience to your will. Lord, from our perspective, there come difficult situations and people in our lives But we know you give us the grace for every situation that we can respond biblically in a manner that honors you. So help us to appropriate that grace. And Lord, I just pray that as you, Terry, and we live this next week, that we would reflect the character of you. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness and your mercies. May we be filled with gratefulness for them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.